Now, Crow, I told you, no more escape attempts. Well, believe me, Mike, I calculated the odds of this succeeding versus the odds I was doing something incredibly stupid, and I went ahead anyway. Here you go. Ah, darn. It's time! Dr. F is calling for you! In the not-too-distant future, way down in deep thirteen, the evil Dr. Forrester was hatching a nasty scheme. I control the world, yes! <laughs> I'm a naughty boy! He hired a guy by the name of Mike, just a regular Joe he didn't like. His experiment needed a good test case. So they caught him on the dog and then they shot him into space. Well, I sent in cheesy movies, the worst I can find. He'll have to sit and watch them all, then I'll monitor his mind. Now keep in mind, my can't control where the movies begin or end. He'll try to keep his sanity with the help of his robot friend. Today's experiment is a stinky cinematic suppository called This Island Earth. You may just all bow down before me after this stink burger. So today in the studio we have Bill Corbett, and I'm very excited about this because Bill and I share not only same politics, which is awesome, leftist, po leftist politics, but we also share a, a history in B-movies. Oh yes. <laughs> And um, so you know Bill from the great cult classic Mystery Science Theater 3000. I'm sure um, you've seen many of these episodes. It was on Comedy Central for years. He was the voice of the robot. Pro uh, T robot. Pro T robot. The That's second right. one. Trace Pouillou was the first. That's and, right. And uh, I was on, they switched to the Sci-Fi Channel for a while. And oh, I was that's on right. Yeah. It was on the Sci-Fi Channel. It hopped channel. around. Okay, it hopped around a bit. Okay. And now you are working on, you have a podcast called Funhouse. Mm-hmm. And you also have the Riff Raff series, which we'll talk it's, it's about. It's Riff Tracks. Oh, Riff Tracks. But we are Riff Raff. <laughs> we are low-life scum with a little business called Riff Tracks. We are Riff Raff. All right. Fair enough. Um, well, let's talk, let's talk about that a little bit. So yeah. where, where did Riff Tracks come from? Is that something born out of the Mystery Science Theater group? Or sort something? of. Um, Mike Nelson and Kevin Murphy and I, who like he was the second host and Kevin right. was Tom Servo, um, were looking for ways to work together afterwards. Right. And we had a, a comedy website for a while that did okay until the, the like internet crash of 2000. Um, yeah. And then... Uh, but... It, Mike started working with this company in San Diego called Legend Films. Right. And they had all these, you know, like uh, old titles that they were colorizing 
which nobody right. in America really likes, but people in India and Russia still yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, but they were doing things like old Shirley Temple movies and right, right. old horror movies, and even even like forgotten things, like not forgotten, but like things that didn't have the rights nailed down like um uh, public domain public or, domain is the one i'm or looking for even orphan films like there's some films where they just simply Absolutely, cannot yeah. trace uh, we rely on those <laughs> right so there's a great yeah there's a great film called spider baby i don't uh-huh. know are you familiar with this one that had no. um, sid uh sid haig and lon cheney jr oh wow no great I'm surprised i haven't Come yeah. across it because well, you know what—it's too good to be a B movie. Okay. Like you wouldn't want to make fun of it. You, you. This is something that you would watch and be like, "God, this was fantastic!" Oh wow! Like it has. Um... <laughs> Dreams and bones and bats and bones and teenage monsters in haunted homes. A ghost on the stair. A vampire's bite. But beware! <laughs> There's a full moon tonight. Big fat bug right in my. Virginia, are you crazy? You're bad. Bad. You are not supposed to play spider anymore. Animal spiders creep and crawl. Boys and ghouls having a ball. <laughs> Frankenstein, Dracula, and even the mummy are sure to end up in somebody's tummy. <laughs> He's just a big kid. Yes, it's like you say, sir. We're not very formal here at uh, Mary House. And the big black spider goes round and round. Sit round a fire with this cup of brew. A fiend and a werewolf on each side of you. This cannibal orgy is strange to behold. And the maddest story ever told. But you know, it doesn't have wide distribution. But it's a it's an orphan film. That's cool. Well, anyway, it's it's a pretty long and kind of a boring story. But we we were working with Legend Films for a while. Then we bought out our little thing that we did there, uh-huh. um, and it started out with doing like MP3 commentaries for contemporary movies or oh, okay. movies that we couldn't get the rights to right, at MST3K. Right. And then we just started doing kind of everything, and that's largely digital. And we've been around right. since 2006. Oh, we do awesome. live shows. Excellent. And it's cool. Yeah. So, uh, how much of that? I'm curious to know how much of that is organic when you guys are doing the riffing, even with whether it's MST3K or I'm going to call you riff rap again. Riff. <laughs> riff <tracks>. I accept. <laughs> how much of that is organic, or do you have a? Uh, do you sit down and create a pre-scripted? Script oh yeah, that you, yeah, yeah. That you roll. We're through? not that clever. That we that can actually. Know. I mean, but it seems it, like it's organic. Well, it does come. It's basically like you could say it's a record of the best improvs we did. Right. But we also, you know, for riff tracks, we're not all in the same place at the same time. So we do write oh, it out. Okay. And it goes through a long, you know, process of revision and topping each other. And when we do live shows, we throw a lot of it overboard and just See what, stay in the moment. Yeah. yeah. See what happens. So I remember, um, I, I have to take you back. Little, okay. That's there you go. <laughs> so I want to take you back to the first time I saw MST3K, the first episode I saw, and I don't know what the movie was, but it was the funniest thing I'd ever seen in my life. It was these people, they were stumbling in the desert, 
And somebody, um, I don't know why they were stumbling in the desert, but what you guys were saying is, can you find my contact? Where's my contact oh, yeah. lens? <laughs> that, <laughs> and this, this was going on for a good five or six, but it was so funny. Yeah, whenever we, you know, whenever we have long stretches like that and we can find a bit that knits it all together, yeah. all the better. Yeah. It was really funny stuff. Yeah. I don't remember what the film was, but. It, seemed, it describes like seven or eight things that are like going through my head right away. I think we've gone to the can you find my contact lens a few joke times. more than once. <laughs> <laughs> this is a fair amount of repetition. Right. It's, it's a good gag. It works, right? <laughs> so, what is your, I have to ask you, what is your favorite B movie of all time? Oh, I Do don't you have know. A favorite? Right now, I think it's Birdemic. So, now you get a big payday with a big stock option, huh? Yeah, I earned it. All those big deals I did with NCT. And millions of dollars of revenues and sales. Well, you've done a great job, Rod. Meet Rod. Hi. A young software salesman on his way to achieving his Silicon Valley dream. I'm thinking about opening up a green tech company. Really? Meet Natalie. A beautiful young fashion model, driven by passion. I remember you now. You were my English class. I was. Yeah. So how come you never made a pass at me in school? Throw true love into the equation, and anything is possible. I was wondering if we can keep in contact. Sure. How big was the sale? One million dollars. In other news today, the population of polar bears is declining rapidly. Hi, my name is Jerry Owens. I'm from Solar Power Accessories. This morning, flocks of seagulls and crows were found dead in downtown San Jose and along Highway 101. Hey, I thought I told you to stand back. These birds are contaminated. The crows and seagulls also caused an accident on Highway 101. Authorities are investigating the cause of their death. Rod, let's get out of here. Species is a dangerous, menacing, and terrifying animal. Why would birds do something like that? I mean, why, why would they just attack? I don't know. I don't know if you know Birdemic. Birdemic. I think I have, I have not seen this film, but I've seen the poster for this. What yeah. year was that made? Well, it was made, oh man, it's pretty recent. It's only like five to eight years old. Was that an asylum film? Or? It was not an asylum okay. film. It's not purposely funny. So <laughs> it's, it's made by a Vietnamese-American filmmaker named James uh, Nguyen. I think I'm pronouncing oh, okay. it right. And he's obsessed with... Um, with Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Okay. So it's set in that same area of the, you know, yeah. the Bay Area, yeah. and it references it. But he also spent a lot of time in Silicon Valley. Okay. Um, so every one of his 
really shitty movies can I curse? Is like <laughs> nice. Uh, I mean, is it okay to curse? Yeah, oh, right, yeah, right. yeah. How about it? Anyway, one, everyone. two, three, one, two, three, shit. Fuck. Oh, all right. I, I up the ante. Um, every one of his really shitty movies has a subplot about really boring Silicon Valley deals okay. with with stock options and everything like that. And in a horror movie. In a horror movie, yeah. In fact, it spends more time talking about that than the actual oh, source God. of horror. But it's these terrible like GIF birds that come and you know, they're like from MS Paint quality. Right? And they're hitting them with wire hangers. It's just so fun. It's so pure that in a way. hilarious. Those are the movies I really like are by, um, you know, filmmakers who really tried to make a good movie. And, and something in their yeah. twisty mind just, just made the thing they made. Yeah. So um, I noticed that you did The Room. Uh-huh. I did not hit her. It's not true. It's bullshit. I did not hit her. I did not. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, hey, Johnny, what's up? I have a problem with Lisa. She said that I hit her. What? Well, did you? No, it's not true. Don't even ask. I used to know a girl. She had a dozen guys. One of them found out about it, beat her up so bad, she ended up in a hospital on Guerrero Street. <laughs> what a story, Mark. Yeah, you can say that again. I'm so happy I have you as my best friend, and I love Lisa so much. Yeah, man. Yeah, you are very lucky. It seems to me like you're an expert, Mark. No, definitely not an expert, Johnny. What's bothering you, Mark? Which, okay, so for the audience, I don't know how you, our audience wouldn't know this film, but it's this terrible, terrible film, but it was made in all seriousness. So yeah. When, um, when I did a film with Gary Daniels called Reptilicant, and they were casting that film... They had me come down to the set to read with... All sorts of oh, jokes yeah, that is... go out there. They went, Reptilicans starring <laughs> Tommy Wiseau. As... Well, so he came in to read okay. from one of... of what uh, year was this? Uh, 2006. So after so The Room. It was after The yeah. Room, but it was before The Room became this kind of, let's make yeah. fun of this cult classic thing. Before he put his sign up on uh, uh, The billboard, Highland yeah. Avenue. So, and he was bragging about the fact that he was spending $250,000, $300,000 advertising this really horrible film. That is not a thing you brag about. No, no. So, but, but not only <laughs> he's... spending a lot of Bill, money. I, the worst actor ever. So I'm, I don't know much about this guy he comes in. Yeah. So we, I had read two or three of the guys yet. And so he comes in and we start reading. We tried it a couple ways, and I'm like, "Is this?" I'm like, "I'm getting punked right now." I'm looking at the producer. I'm like, "You're punking me, right? This guy's not even in the running, right? Are you kidding me with this?" So finally, I get up and I walk into the um, other room, and then the producer David comes in. He goes, "He goes, why did I said you're punking me right now? This guy's you're not seriously yeah. considering this worst actor ever. Like this is." Then you said, "Hi, <laughs> what can I?" do yeah. about I like it was that bad I was like wait what <laughs> yeah he's barely functionally literate I mean I, I don't you know have you uh, do you know much about him or have you read the book about him I have not yeah I mean there was that movie that came out last year with right. uh, the Franco brothers that's right um, but it was based on a really good book by uh, the disaster artist by his co-star and pal Greg Sestero okay he was a very sweet guy but he plays like his friend in the movie um, and it was written with not a ghost writer, but with a really good writer helping him. And I would really recommend it. It's entertaining, but okay. it's a little bit propagandistic too, because Tommy is a weirdo. I mean, we've worked with him a little bit at Rift Tracks. 
because we needed the was rights. Was he okay with... Uh, he definitely he... was not okay. <laughs> uh, when we first... He was definitely when, not okay. When we tried oh, to, like... We just did like an MP3 commentary and threatened was, to sue us. Are you kidding? Well, yeah. He was like, you're taking my, my movie. And I was like, no, we're actually not. We're just providing an MP3 people can download while they watch your movie. But if you want to make a deal. And he's like, no, no, no. You t-. It's like, we're stealing your soul with our camera. Oh, my god! But later on, when we did a show <laughs> for Fathom Events. Yeah. Like the, um, and we offered him real money, like, and he was suddenly go, oh, okay, you're my friend. <laughs> oh my God. I just have to roll my eyes. That's so funny. I, I always like, I mean, I've been in a lot of bad movies, like bad movies. Yeah. I would be like, here, go at it. Have yeah. fun. Have a good laugh. Like, come on. How do you take yourself seriously at that point? Yeah. I mean, he's writing this weird line where he like accepts all the love and praise and all that. And he's famous. And now he's actually like made money because of which is amazing the weird phenomenon of the thing. But the thing he's still it's still he's still acting like it was on purpose that, that this it was, was bad? a funny movie. No, yeah, it's no, like dude, no, no, no. He clearly thought everybody it was okay. in real time who was on that set with you says otherwise. Exactly. And, you know. No, no. He was clearly otherwise he wouldn't have gotten angry with you guys for yeah, making fun of it no. if he thought it was bad. Like yeah, have at it. I mean, you know when you're in a bad movie. Yeah. And it's one of those things like I never understood actors. That that have always been like, oh, I'm going to change my name on that, or I'm going to... It's your likeness! Come right. on! Everybody knows it's you if you change your name. Why bother? Just embrace how bad it is. Yep, yep. I mean, we don't always have control over <laughs> things on the set, especially low-budget stuff. Yep. You know, back in the day, um, I shot my first film on short ends, and the kids now, they don't know what that is. Can like, you I, describe what that is for, so, the, for the, yeah, the kids exactly, at home? Exactly, for the kids at home. <laughs> now listen up, children. <laughs> yeah, right? So, you know, you would go to the film studios and you would buy the little ends of the 35 millimeter film canisters that they were too short for the studios to bother filming with. So it could be like two minutes, three minutes, 30 seconds, whatever. But you could get them from really cheap. So you could take those and then make your own low budget film. So, uh, but you would have to time out the sequence and be like one take. Yeah, it required a lot of organizational skills. And sometimes not. And that was where you get the hilarious. <laughs> like, shit. Yeah. You know, but then you still also had the cost of development and telecity yeah. and color correction. So, I mean, it was still very expensive. Now back. you have yeah. an iPhone. There is, like, literally no excuse to make a shitty film these days, yeah. in my opinion. If you cannot make a fantastic film in digital, I just don't even well, know Well, there's things that look okay, and then there's That's everything true. else. And like there's everything The else. script and the there's talent, right, the concept. Right, right. And the... <laughs> Okay, so let me be clear. I'm not talking about at the actor level. I'm talking about the writer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. If, if you cannot, if you do, with all of these tools that you have at your hands, yeah. if you can't make a solid film, then you probably yeah. might want to think about doing something else. I don't I, know. Another thing about Tommy Wiseau is that he spent way more money than he had to if you read yeah. the book. Well, he shot it on film. Yeah. Yeah. and He had to, between marketing, P&A, like the prints, like all yeah. that stuff, he had to, be, has had to have spent close to a million dollars on that oh, shit. Oh, easily, yeah. Easily, yeah. It's crazy. It's crazy. And he bragged about how much he spent, not how much he made. Right. <laughs> Which is kind of... Which is the disconnect, Kind right? of weird. It's a, <laughs> but almost admirable in its God, weirdness. I almost wish I could get a hold of this audition tape that we... Yeah. Because I know they were uh, videotaping. Because it was, it, it was so bad. I was like, <laughs> who is this guy? And I don't I, think he is quite aware of what no, he's doing in the no, world. But. I don't... Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Notice he hasn't made anything else since. He did the what? just recently. It took him over a decade, but I mean, I think with the uh, with the notoriety of the movie about him, he 
kind of parlay that into yeah something called best friends but the r is in brackets so it's like best fiends yeah think about it oh god okay think about it i i yeah i yeah (laughs) we're not not. (laughs) i can't um, so you, I want to talk a little bit about the film you co-wrote that had Eddie Murphy in yep. it. Eddie Murphy, I think, obviously is not a B-movie guy. He's super talented. He's been given lots of opportunities. He's trying to make B-movies all the time, including <laughs> mine. Well, t- t- I'm a big fan of Bowfinger. Uh, yeah, that was pretty good. I'm big fan. And I thought the two characters... He played in uh, were really markedly well done. But what was interesting to me about that film was all of the. I think it's a film only for people in the film industry to really understand. Yeah, it kind of is. Yeah, because a lot of the gags, if you have never been on a film set, they right. don't make much. Sense. Like I'm laughing when they go to get the crew guys that they go down to the border and they open up the back of the van, or the one with the homeless guy who's using the light bulb. Yeah, and it says "We'll work for food," and he's like, "It's a light bulb, right?" Um, Funny stuff. Anyway, I digress. What was it like working with Eddie Murphy on that film? Now, you were the writer, right? I was. I mean, it, I it was my idea. I came up with the film. I did the first draft, uh, or at least the first treatment. Um, and then I asked my friend Rob Greenberg, who's yeah. a guy who's worked a lot in television, if he wanted to do it with me, because he actually he knows the business better. Right. Um, and it was just this sort of high concept silly thing and I thought of it more like Futurama or something. Yeah, okay. Just a chance to make a lot of dumb gags. Um, it had nobody attached to it yet. Mm. I remember uh, but it got bought much to my surprise. <laughs> Sometimes that happens. Yeah, and then it began the process and it seemed like a big tortured process to me, but from what I understand in retrospect, it like went smooth as silk. <laughs> Because some of these, Comparatively. Yeah, you can get a script option. Sometimes it's in option hell for 10 years and never gets yeah. made. So. I mean, and I've had stuff optioned, but you know, this was like it was bought and then it kind of got on track. Um, it was Paramount originally and then Fox ultimately okay. took it over. Um, I remember somebody pitching Steve Carell to us at the time oh, and me okay. going, who? Yeah. I've never heard of him. <laughs> and he's like, no, this guy is up and coming because this is like in 2006 or something right before right, the other. Right, right, right. Um, but anyway, you know, we did a million drafts. We got paid. I bought a house with that dumb movie, you Bravo. know. Um, but it wasn't a good movie, especially once it got through the grinder of various right. agendas and the studio wanted to make... The guys who did Elf with Will Ferrell were the producers. And they were oh, they okay. were sweet guys. Yeah. Guy walks into a bar, Productions. Um, <laughs> and they, uh, they were really trying to make it into the next Elf. And you can even see that in the movie. Right. Like, suddenly he's acting like Buddy the Elf, you know. Um, and so, when, you weren't happy with the outcome? I'm- well... You know, I'm, I I don't know if like even the best version of that movie would have been the thing that I would run to see. It was a little bit okay. of a commercial, but yeah, I hoped it would be a little smarter, a little right. better time. That it we kind of had a kid forced on us into the movie. Suddenly, it's like oh, we have to have like a little kid who learns like an elf, you know. And so all those different. At one point, they took it out of New York and put it in Providence, Rhode Island, for tax reasons. So we wrote a draft. Right where it was said in Providence, and they said, oh, Providence off, get it back in New York. So it's just such a weird process that it's a wonder anything happens. But True. It, it came out a little cheesy. It was the guy who did, uh, right before that, Brian Robbins, 
Very nice guy again, but it was like uh, what he, year was this? Two thousand seven or yeah, it was right. It was the movie Eddie did right after Norbit, okay. which was terrible, and yeah. the same director, and yeah. so it just has. You know, but a lot of early people like Ed Helms is in it. Right. And, you know, Judah Freelander. Um, yeah, they just sort of popped up in there. Um, yeah, I was on set for a while, but I just like. Shook Eddie's hand, and that was about it. Was, it. Okay, yeah, then so you weren't really disappeared. Yeah. yeah, you're like okay. Gabrielle Union was there. She was very oh, sweet. Oh yeah, yeah, she's good. She's a yeah. good actress. So it had a solid cast. It just they turned it into a cheesy formula. Sort it was of. cheesier. Like I was hoping yeah. it would be a little more knowingly cheesy. <laughs> right, totally. Um, yeah. But it really turned out to be actually cheesy. And um, but still, I have nothing to complain about because it, it did good things for me and my family. And um, right. It played really well overseas. <laughs> like it was right? kind of a flop here, but it's like I still get that texts happens. from that dumb oh, yeah, thing. Oh yeah, yeah, that happens a lot. In so. fact, I think uh, more most of the movies I've been in have done much better overseas yeah. and in places like Thailand and what have you. Yeah, I mean, and now they're making them Russia. with that very much in mind. Exactly, too. they're trying to just sort well, of. We've had a sort of a bottoming out of our independent film market yeah, here in this country it's unfortunate there's really there's really very little independent film being made i mean you have a lot of the what you would call i guess i don't know mini majors or whatever they call them but they're they're part of the studio system yeah. it's not like they're separate entities any longer there's no pm entertainment there's yeah. no um it's the charles bands company i can't think of his name not coming this company out but it's also but one, it's also one of the reasons guys. why even when they make really dumb cheesy movies that we rag on yeah. at Rift Tracks, I kind of feel a, a certain admiration for the gumption totally. of people who make them. Absolutely. You know? Look, I mean, I like a good bad movie. <laughs> like when it's so good, it was so bad it's good, and it's making you laugh. What's not to you yeah? Know, I like I still love the old rubber suit movies like uh, Gamera mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, What's the other one then? Big Moth. Um, oh, uh, Mothra. Mothra. Yeah. Thank you. Hello. That was too obvious. <laughs> yeah, I love spends, all those spends more time as a caterpillar, to be fair. Right, to be fair. <laughs> but those were great films. And in fact, I would love to see somebody now in 2019 do, instead of doing CGI, maybe do a rubber suit monster sort of film, yeah. like as a throwback. Because as cheesy as it is, or some sort of nostalgic, you, they, you know. I bet you they could make it look pretty good. Like yeah. Relatively good. Totally. Because you would do effects around with the rubber suit yeah. monster. So it and it has just... like a dimensionality, like a yeah. depth that CGI totally. doesn't always have. And you put like the uh, hair gel all over the skin. <laughs> <you know? laughs> so he's like dripping and yeah. shiny. You know the look. <laughs> I have lived that look. Exactly. <laughs> the hotter it gets in here, the more I am showing that look. Uh, it's yeah, not right. that hot, really. I'm just not an Angelino. So. Right. So talk to me a little bit about uh, Funhouse. Actually, it's been very cold. It just started to get warm this week. Just not to change the subject. <laughs> oh, cool. We had snow That's last week charming. in LA. We had snow last week. It was 38 degrees. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, but I digress. Talk to me a little bit about Funhouse. Yeah, so I this just... is your new podcast. Also, you're doing live performances and... You know, I, I did one live performance. I, well, I, we do live performances of riff tracks a couple of times a year, uh-huh. but we do them for uh, with Fathom Events, the oh, right. movie the, theater. Uh, I don't know what to call them, but they simulcast things yeah. like yeah. Metropolitan Opera, right. uh, Drumline competitions. Oh, okay. You know, and they've gotten pretty smart about doing like classical movies that people want to watch together, right. and they like they restore the print. So nice. it's really pretty cool, but. We partnered with them pretty early on, so we do like three or four uh, 
performances a year from Nashville that get beamed around oh, the great. United States. Yeah. But for uh, Funhouse, I just started this thing and I don't know where I'm going with okay. it. Like, I'm certainly not exactly on the cutting edge of the podcast. <laughs> like, it's fun stuff. I've been but listening. it's fun. And honestly, yeah. part of it is just like, I don't know. I needed something to. I needed something to shake me up a little yeah, bit and to yeah. talk to more people. Like, and I talk about all kinds of stuff, including politics, but right. also just bullshit and, you know. Um, well, interestingly enough, I discovered that a lot of our a lot of our people really are leftists. Like, mm-hmm. I, when I first started publicly really talking about politics, I was a little bit worried mm-hmm. that that would affect. Uh, like my my people that like my movies, like are they going to hate me now for saying this mm-hmm. stuff? Is there like a blowback? No, the opposite yeah. happened. So it's like wow. But when you think about it, a lot of superheroes and a lot of comic book characters are sort of dyed in the wool leftists. I mean, <laughs> Green Arrow is he's stealing from the rich and giving to the poor, right? That's uh, Robin Hood. Does he do it? That too? is very yeah. Green Arrow does too, but that is oh, Robin okay. Hood definitely. The well, isn't it in the Frank Miller like the Dark Knight? He becomes like an actual commie. Yeah, like, and yes. Batman is basically a fascist. That's right. Yeah. That's right. That there's so there's all of that stuff going on. The X Men, I think, is another good example. They're mm-hmm. mutants, right? So they're the mutants are different than everybody else, but mm-hmm. they're not fighting to save the world. They're sort of fighting to change the world, mm-hmm. right? About it's about inclusiveness and acceptance. So it kind of makes sense that those underlying tones. Are, are present. I mean, what do you, you think that's true? Or I don't know. Like, uh, I don't even like. I I think I align with leftist now. Yeah. But that's just by default. I think I was just sort of like a dumb liberal for the longest mm-hmm. time, where I didn't even think about it that much. Yeah. Um, and I just was sort of like a dutiful democratic right. voter. Until and you got a, mad. It was a little bit lazy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that is a definite point of entry in for a lot of people. And yeah, I mean, it was building over the years. It's not like one thing set it off, but it did. A lot of it coalesced around medical stuff. And when I had lapses of insurance from like um, being in the Writers Guild of America and then it lapsing because I didn't make enough money right around the time when my kids were young. And it's like we got hit with medical bills. And it's like, fuck, you know, and there's got to be a better way. And oh, wait, there are like in every other country in the world. Exactly. Single payer. Well, you know, it's interesting to me. Let's 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 talk about politics a little bit. It's interesting to me because one of the holdouts uh, has been unions. There's obviously the unions like the nurses unions, et cetera. They support Medicare for all. But a lot of the other unions haven't because and I think the reason is my opinion on it is that they think this is one of the selling tools that they can use to recruit yep. members, yep. right? We we have a better uh, medical plan than what you're going to get from another. Yeah. But this is no longer true. And there's also the gap things that you're talking about. I mean, I've, I've had my um, my SAG medical come and go. Yeah, I've, so which I've, is barbaric. Which is barbaric, know? right. And I completely hear what you're saying there. I mean, and now you look at these plans and they're not that much better than what... Right. And they're still expensive. My insurance is outrageous. I won't even yeah. get into what I pay a month. But here's the thing. At some point, the shifting, uh, at some point, SEIU and all these other unions, and I think it is a lot of the entertainment unions are still mm-hmm. sort of on the fence here. At some point, the shift happens where they realize that we're not using this necessarily to, to recruit union members. We should be fighting for a higher pay and all these other things that actually matter and not have to worry about this stuff. Right. Because our, our union membership will benefit also from having Medicare for all or single parents simply because... 
they're not going to have those gaps when they don't make enough each year. Mm-hmm. You know, because this is normal. This happens. No creative individual has a consistent paycheck. That's just yeah. Not I mean, how we even live. some of the most stable people in the business don't unless you're a teamster stay that way exactly yeah, <laughs> forever. You know. <laughs> But, uh, you know, if you're on staff of a TV show or That's something right. like that, it's like, oh, those people are scrambling often yeah, for new absolutely. situations. I have friends in the DGA, which is probably the the guild, uh, the Director's Guild folks probably have the most uh, stable income. Yeah. Even she has, we've had this discussion where she's like, no, I want Medicare for all. I, yeah. I'm tired of them pushing this plan as something to sell me in membership. She's like, this isn't why I'm a DGA member. Right, right. That's not why I'm here. It got connected to work so long ago and yeah. it's like, it's just like yeah. crowbarring it away. Crowbarring it, yeah. Like, it's true. <laughs> and Cobra, like folks that have to get Cobra, uh, forget it. You can't afford yeah. Cobra. It's insane. Yep. I mean, now you're unemployed and you're supposed to fork out 1200 bucks a month for your health insurance? Yeah. How's that going to happen? Yep. I mean, your entire unemployment check's going to go into your health care. Like, well, and then, I mean, how you know, does this make sense? It's also the reason why it's really hard to be patient with any Democrat now. Who yeah, is I hear you. Purposely slow walking it. So because yeah. there's really only one reason at this point, donor which money. is donors. That's right. You know, That's and right. nobody will say it. They'll say like it's not practical. I would love to see somebody drill down and say, why isn't it practical? Yeah. You know, ultimately it's about ideology and yeah. it's about what you want to do. It's like, it's not practical because you won't get your beak wet, exactly. you know, from Cigna. <laughs> exactly. But that's not a good reason. It's not a good reason. Motherfucker. No, you're right. It's not a good reason. And this is, see, this is where the Democratic Party really fucked up. They walked away from what should have been their base, the working class folks in this country. Yeah. And they start taking a lot of do- corporate money. And you, you can see the decline and the separation of policy uh, from the 70s going yeah. forward. As the as the increase in corporate donors happened, they sort of went this way. And this, I mean, you can see it happen if you look yeah. at the graphs. What kills me now is you. It, still, here in 2019, like we just had um, Diane Feinstein, who is somebody that just... She had a good week. But... I know, right? <laughs> She had a quarter of a week. She got dragged, and she deserved to be dragged. She's being dragged even as we speak here today. I don't know if you saw that the kids are like back at her office. Yes, the kids are back, and they're barricading the doors, and it's like ridiculous. I mean, the way she talked to those kids from Sunrise Movement was. trying to ask you to vote yes on the Green New Deal. Okay, I'll tell you what. We have our own Green New Deal. Some scientists have said that we have 12 years to turn this around. Well, it's not going to get turned around in 10 years. What we can do Senator, if this doesn't get turned around in 10 years, you're looking at the faces of the people who are going to be living with these consequences. The government is supposed to be for the people and by the people and You know what's interesting about this group is I've been doing this for 30 years. I know what I'm doing. You come in here and you say it has to be my way or the highway. I don't respond to that. I've gotten elected. I just ran. I was elected by almost a million vote plurality. And I know what I'm doing. So, you know, maybe people should listen a little bit. 
I hear what you're saying, but we're the people who voted you. You're supposed to listen to us. That's your job. How old are you? I'm 16. I can't vote. you didn't vote for me. Well, she voted for you. It doesn't matter. We're the ones who are going to be impacted. It doesn't matter. We're going to be the ones who are impacted. I understand that. I have seven grandchildren. I understand it very well. Senator, the cost of not taking this action is far higher than the cost of what the Green New Deal will be. And there is enormous popularity for this bill around the whole country. And we're asking you to be brave and do this for us and for your grandchildren. I'm trying to do the best I can which was to write a responsible resolution. Any plan that, that doesn't take bold, transformative okay. action is not going to be what we need. We well, need your you know better than I do. So I think one day you should leadership. run for the Senate. Great. And I then you do it your way. By that time, in the meantime, I just, I just won a big election. Gross, but it to me it was, this is not shocking because she's been my senator for so yeah. many damn years. I have constantly sent her emails telling her about all the angry things that she does that I'm not okay with and she doesn't listen to her constituents She's an extremely She's rich uh, exceed- old yes. woman who extremely is heavily invested in the things yes. that you know are squeezing us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean her corporate donor list. I mean Wells Fargo, major health insurance I mean companies. Wells Fargo, it's the fucking they're Number the one. devil. I know. They're the they're, devil. They're, I know. So there's years been when Wells Fargo's been her biggest donor yeah. in the oil and fracking industries. Yeah. So she had a primary challenge. She had many primary challengers in the primary itself. But then Kevin DeLeon was running against her in the general. So we had, because we have a semi-open uh, primary system here in yeah. California, it's very clear that you can have two Democrats and most of the time you do. Rarely do you, I don't think we've ever had two Republicans in a race. I could be wrong. Maybe in like Not Simi in recent Valley years, I would imagine. Yeah. yeah, maybe, yeah. Maybe someplace like super red, one you know, of those, one of those areas. Orange uh, County fascist Right. Although they're becoming really blue they now, are, too. Yeah. Although corporate blue, not entirely leftist I know, blue. I it's, mean, it's all shades, Like, right? there's always, like, I don't know if you feel this way, but this part of me is always happy to see the red recede and the blue move in, but then... It is then the, I get disappointed. It's the blue we have, you exactly. know. Which, is not. which doesn't do us any good. I mean, I call the I call them the Mick resistance because they're not really resisting anything. They're assisting these motherfuckers on the right with everything they do, and it becomes very um, tiring because you keep thinking to yourself, well, at some point they're going to wake up and understand that they've. I mean, their their registration's down to like twenty six percent. Oh, Kevin DeLeon, that's what. Right, I'm right, right. So, And he was running on Medicare for All. That was his major platform. I thought for sure he was going to win. So the delegates for the state did not endorse Feinstein, which was like this big shock to the establishment. But what we have, the thing, one of the things we'd been working on here in the state as progressives was getting all of the corporate delegates in the California State Party replaced with progressives. So we showed up at all the ADEM delegate elections in full force and so we were able to do that you yeah it was quite successful right yeah very successful so now it was this huge shift at the cal dem convention like the establishment was wigging out because what how can you not endorse diane how could you not endorse and the ones where we couldn't endorse the progressive we prevented the establishment from actually getting endorsed a lot of times Mm -hmm. so there was absolutely no endorsement which is how it should be yeah but the cal dem party like the dnc and every every other part of the democrat they're so in their ivory tower with their corporate donors, yeah. they don't see the hubris of them saying, like, what you're supposed to do what we say. Right. 
right? You know it's, what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, get, being a being a Democrat gets you nothing. Gets you nothing. It really that like you don't really get power unless you go in and take it. Yeah. And they, you know, but it's not like it's not even like being a party member in Britain, right? Where you can like vote on leadership and right. stuff like that as much, but. I don't right. know. It has to be an inside job. It has to be an outside job at the same time. That's, you know. I think that's a really good point. Inside, outside. Um, yeah, we cannot. I As much as I love to stay outside of the party, because I, you know, I, I would not. I don't see myself ever being like a delegate or something. That's just not. I'm mm-hmm. not a party person. I'm too. You're not a joiner? No. <laughs> I'm a fighter. Neither am I. I'm a fighter. Yeah. So, but I have many friends that are delegates in the party, um, and God bless them. They're in, they're in, they're on the inside of that yeah. party trying to change it, and they get very frustrated, and but they don't quit. They keep going. And so, mm-hmm. and I got I love them for that. In fact, we have coming up a um, little shout out to Gail McLaughlin, who has her new organization, the Progressive Caucus for mm-hmm. the state of California with Adriel Hampton, um, a couple other folks, but they're doing their first um, convention. Like, so mm-hmm. it'll be the the first whatever, when you break the champagne bottle on the yep, bow, what's yeah. that called? Launch. And, yeah, launch. Yeah. Something like this. Um, in a couple of weeks, so I'm going to go up cool. there and, and um, meet with those guys. But I think, so I think change is coming slowly, not quickly enough, but it's very frustrating fighting the powers that be. So here we are now entering the 2020 primary season oh, already two years kill me. Of, kill me now right <laughs> <laughs> i went i wanted to go ahead i'm sorry no 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 go i was just gonna say i i did it again i like indulged myself in a little tweet rant earlier oh, like a couple of hours it, ago should i pull it up no no nah, it's not that great <laughs> But, I mean, I just wanted to say to everybody, look, if you really hate Bernie Sanders that much, and I could take him or leave him as a human being, just, like, adopt his policies. If you right. re- if you are If you really hate the motherfucker that much. Which I don't understand. Like, which I don't understand. I guess, I, like, if I can force myself into the point of view who somebody was expecting the feminist um, culmination of Hillary Clinton. I'm not on board with thinking that way. I get it. But She's a phony but whatever your point of view is, if you want to get rid of him, if you want to right. see him consigned to the ash heap of history, steal his policies, <laughs> steal his policies right. and and convince people you're sincere about them. Because right. as we've seen, people are really into AOC, right. you know, um, doing basically the same slate of policies. Yeah, yeah. she's a Bernie crap for yeah. sure. But here, they, so let's talk about that for a second, because I think yeah. you're right. And I think Bernie Sanders is about a movement. I don't think it's about Bernie per se, as he sparked a real awakening in the country. Yeah. And people finally realize I'm not the only one that feels this way. I'm not. I mean, the income inequality is so severe in the country. I mean, look at 2017 is a really good year to look at. 82% of the new wealth that was created that year went to the 1%. It's really That's out fucking outrageous. It's obscene, yeah. And it's untenable. Like, there's no way this ends well for even the 1% yeah. if you have enough forward-thinking yeah. motion, you know? So so he's about the movement, and I think he sparked an awakening, and we're seeing now um, a lot of progressives coming up and trying to run for office and yeah. change things, which is great. But the other side of that is there are the folks like Kamala Harris that are sort of co-opting the messaging, and they're not sincere about it. I don't think somebody like Kamala Harris is ever going to support the things that Bernie does, but she might co-opt his platform because she realizes that's the sort of popular opinion of the day and that's mm-hmm. how you get elected is to say, I support this, that, or the other. Yeah. So there's a little bit of that going on, too. There is, and, and people pushed back at me, I think, 
absolutely correctly saying, look, there are plenty of people who know the language to uh, right. incorporate something. Like suddenly there's a lot of champions of Medicare for all. Right. But if you look at what they're calling that, it's like Medicare for kind of some. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're not willing to kick the private insurers. Access to yeah. affordable, yeah. It's like, so, which is like garbage. Yeah, so we're back. Like and then they will yeah. be doing that on every front for everything. Yeah. That's why vigilance is key. And like, yeah. it's gonna like, People like AOC have already, um, you know, she's so young and yeah. she's and she's so bright. Yeah. But you know, she's still young, and so she's gonna stumble here and there. Which so it's got to be more than her. It's but you be can more than her. you can yeah. see that they they like came out of the gate wanting to really trash her and yeah. call her an idiot. Not Repu not just Republicans, but Democrats. No. And she was so popular and she was yeah. so good. It's like, oh, she's got some real mojo here. We better be careful. Right. But they are looking for opportunities to just They like, are. I mean, look, the entire Hillary Clinton faction is still out there doing this. You know, here, here's this is why I call all of the Pumas, the Hillary Clinton Pumas, mm -hmm. they're phony feminists. The minute a woman doesn't like fit into their little box of opinion, they attack like, like it's nobody's business. I mean, mm. look at the way Hillary attacked the victims of Bill. Uh, mm. Bill. I mean, he was a serial sexual harasser. I would say he's even gone further than that, but that would be a conversation for another day. Point being, what did Hillary Lolita do? Lolita Express, right? Uh, yeah. yeah. What did Hillary do? Did she leave her husband? Did she chastise him? Did, no, she called all of these women bimbos. Mm. Like, really, what kind of a feminist does that? That's, that is a patriarchal viewpoint of women right there. And this is why she can never sell, ever in a million years, she can never sell that feminist label as far as, to anybody younger than her. I think, mm -hmm. I think um, you know, boomers and silent generation maybe still, they, I think they still hold a little bit of yeah, that patriarchal like a, viewpoint. still a template that... But not the younger yeah. girls. No. Because the younger all. girls are like, fuck you, man. I, I have my agency. I get to, isn't the point of feminism that I get to think what I want to yeah. think? That I can think what I want to think? You yeah. know? Yeah, I, I don't... As a rule, weigh in on feminism because I right, don't. Well, fair enough. It's not. It's not my place <laughs> that's to. That's not your lane. It's not my lane. <laughs> Staying in my lane. But I will say that yeah, there's a lot of sleight of hand with all of that stuff yeah, all the time. And sleight of hand is We a saw it way. in real time with you know Bernie is a racist old fuck. Yeah, and he's like he is maladroit and yeah. you know an idiot at times about that stuff. He's lived in whitey white Vermont. Yeah, not ideal, but still like they went so far with the Bernie Bros. And when oh, you see that they totally did the ex they did the exact yeah. same thing with Obama boys. Yeah, the boys, Obama boys. That's right. This which was is not... pretty fucking racist. Actually. Oh, God. Obama oh. boys. Look, that was the first. Like, I never really liked the Clintons, but that was when I really started hating. Like, with a million heat of a sun. Heat. What's that phrase? The heat, heat of, of a million, million suns. Yes. Or whatever was, number. Was of during suns. that primary. Yeah. Because she was so racist against Obama that I was like, hold up. You know, your your husband wants to pretend like he was the first black president ever, yet you want to know why he's not carrying your bags. You want to, like, push this rhetoric about this Islamophobic thing about uh, yeah, the turban. The turban. She yeah. pushed the birther thing. Very she fucking pushed ruthless. the birther thing. Yeah. She was beyond ruthless. It was disgusting. Mm -hmm. So if the crime bill, like, we can go through a million other things that don't add up, but this was, to me, like, oof. Yeah, I don't want anything to do with you folks. It's really weird. I, I never liked Bill Clinton in yeah, real fair. time or anything. I did like Obama for a while. I mean, and I would kind of... sort of disappointed me. I liked him. Absolutely but... disappointed. Yeah. And I knew, I like people who were smarter and a little more aware than me at the time were saying like, 
Eh, nah. No. Well, well, he's shown what he is in Chicago. He's pretty centrist. Listen to what he's actually saying. But yeah. a part of me just felt because we were so starved for we hope. We were so starved And for, he used yeah. the rhetoric of hope, which yeah. is like heady and yeah. dangerous yeah. and kind of unfair. Yeah. You're not going to deliver on it. I know. And he did not deliver on it. It was really depressing for me. Um, but still, I would take him over Clinton any day of the week. He seems to... I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know what to think about any of it at this point because part of me is like... You really, you did a horrible thing as you kept pumping people up with hope. And then in the end, you just like pulled the ladder up and said, no, I'm going to just convene with these insiders and give you some watered down shit. Yeah. And we'll we'll call that hope. We'll call that hope. I think the first thing that happened that was my sign that change wasn't coming was when they got rid of the public option. And you know, Absolutely. Yeah. I remember it very well. it It was so depressing to me because I was like, wait a second. The Democratic Party currently has a super majority yeah. in Congress. If now, if there's any time to do this, it's now. Yeah. Why are you walking away from this? Well, yeah. And it, like, it's just a lot, a lot of bad actors with a lot of who want to make a lot of money. And, Corporate yeah. quid pro quo is real, yeah. folks. I swear, the next time, I'm so tired of people saying, well, just because they take money from corporations doesn't no. mean they're engaging in quid. Yes, of course they are. Of Why course. do you think it's they're the like, the only you- thing. <laughs> It's the only thing Our to look is at. Naive. <laughs> it's the only thing to look at. Exactly. I really believe that. It's like uh, I'll oh. see who's paying you first, and then we'll, then I'll decide like if you have any credibility. Totally, one hundred percent. Um. So, do you think? Well, okay. So we're entering twenty twenty. So, do you think this will be the year we finally get Medicare for all seriously into contention? Like an oh, actual, man. like, possible... I wish I believed that. Um, I know that there's a critical mass of people not taking any shit about it, right. which is heartening. Yeah. Yeah. There is in Congress... And there's another thing I was twittering about today. Um, it, you know, if you really dislike Bernie, but are for Medicare for All, make it about the issue then. Right. Because there's... Uh, I'm going to fuck up her name, but Pramila... Uh, uh, ja- Pramila Jayapala. Jayapala. Yeah. She's got a Medicare for All bill out in the house, she does. and it's actually good. Yeah, she's good. It's not a phony she one. She was a Bernie surrogate before she got yeah. elected. I don't know if people realize that. Yeah, if yeah. they do, she's doomed. But no, but she is. <laughs> she's she's yeah, the she's, real thing, she's and the she's real deal. and she is. You know, her plan and Bernie's are the only ones that are right. univer- truly universal. Truly, um, but she's got some wind in her sails now. Yeah, so I think. There is that hope. Not breaking down rhetorically, even while being a little friendlier to the establishment. Right. They're going to have to figure out how they're going to fucking rat fuck her. But and they might. Oh, they'll try. She has. So I think. um, I think it's really important to point out that Washington, the state of Washington, in many ways, is much more progressive than the state of California is when it comes to the voters. Mm -hmm. So. you know, we California always has this reputation for being very progressive, but I don't think California is all that progressive. We have a lot of yes, we're very blue democratic, mm-hmm. but a lot of our Democrats are very much uh, corporate elitist Democrats. Mm-hmm. They're very not rich, They're very, very rich. wealthy, not power mis- base. Power base, exactly. So I think it's really important that people keep that in mind, and I think. Um, Seattle, you know, has a little bit of that for sure. They've got a oh, big yeah. homeless population problem there. But generally, um, the left side of the state is very leftist. I mean, the right side is like, forget it. Oh, but yeah. I did uh, I did like a college, I don't know what to call it, like a residency there because I was in oh, theater. Oh, okay. Yeah. At, they have a good program. In Walla Walla. Yeah. yeah. What's the name of the? the Whitman, uh, Whitman, Whitman College. Yeah. 
And yeah, that area of Washington yeah. kind of shocked me. Totally. Onion fields and yeah. yeah. People <laughs> forget. <laughs> I mean, it was nice, but no. Yeah. But it is. It's, okay, it's you might as well be in Idaho. Yeah, it's not. It's not as the two states are like yeah. very much uh, diametrically opposed. But but the area that she represents is very much left, like not corporate left leaning, like left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, so I think she has a chance of um, maybe making some headway, which would yeah. be good. I mean, there's always the danger, like with anybody, that they will pressure her so much right. that she will back down. I think okay. she will, though. I hope not. not but even know. Sanders, you know, the great uh, yeah. white old hope, <laughs> um, this her. week has been an absolute idiot on oh, Venezuela. Yeah, let's talk about that because I'm a little bit... Yeah, I was... I'm, Okay, so let's talk about Venezuela. I was not happy with his tweet on Venezuela, yes. Yeah, they know they're getting blowback. Yeah, know. it's not that we support regime change. We don't at all, but we just were more concerned about the people. Like, it seemed like, okay, so what you're saying is that... Here's the thing, though. This is what it, this is where I went with that in my brain. Because I also had... I got blowback for the positions I took on Venezuela uh, this week from a lot of my followers. Did you? What was your... Uh... So my position is this. I think... Um, look, we can go through all the players. Elliot Abrams is an unbelievable war criminal. You look at what he did in El Salvador. You look at what he did in mm-hmm. Guatemala. He's mm-hmm. responsible for some of the worst atrocities yeah. um, under Ronald Reagan and, and all the he things that he like pushed. should be like in a dungeon on level... My God, yes. Sub-level seven. Flash forward to Iraq war, which is clearly... This is, this is a preemptive war based on false intelligence. They knew it was false intelligence. They didn't care because they wanted war in Iraq. Yeah. So um, what I'm getting at is we have Bolton, we have Abrams. We have these players that have a history of, of willfully lying in regards to mm-hmm. things being about a humanitarian crisis when they're really about making the world safe for corporate power, making the mm-hmm. world safe. You know, Venezuela has very large oil reserves. I don't think we'd be messing around with this conversation if that Absolutely wasn't not. a fucking case. Right? <laughs> Absolutely not. So now, so my first inkling when, when this started happening is this is bullshit. There is no humanitarian crisis in Venezuela. If there is any problems, it's because of the fucking sanctions we've been putting on the mm-hmm. country for three years. Sanctions, I'm very much against because they never really affect change in the way you want to. Yeah. They, but they do harm the poor people. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cuba is a great example of this. Did we ever get rid of Fidel Castro with sanctions? No, but look what we did to starve the people in Cuba. Mm-hmm. And we like, turned a generation is, against, against us. Against America. Yeah. So, um, so I'm not a big. So there's those. Those are the first two things. Yeah. The other part of the equation is I actually know some junior, journalists that are in Caracas right now as mm-hmm. we speak. So they've been down there with their cameras posting video on Twitter, and I'm seeing these the mainstream mediums talking about like starving Venezuelans. With this camera, like I'm in the grocery store out or uh, open market right now, and and there's just food everywhere, yeah. and people buying food, and nobody's. It's like I'm out in front of this area where they're signing a petition where they don't want U.S. regime change, and that they're like so. The, the stories that I'm getting from the mainstream media, etc., do not match at all. I mean, I'm not much for conspiracy theories, but I'm not buying this shit. I'm not buying it you at all. You shouldn't. You sh- absolutely shouldn't because we've been through this so many times, right. as you said. And you know more than I. I don't know a lot about Venezuela. 
Um, I, I would accept that all of the above are not great actors or players, right. you know, including Maduro. Yeah. But obviously, you but cannot be allied with Trump and Elliot right, Abrams. Right, right, and right. it's and Bolton. Bolton, but also Bill Clinton and Hillary came out of the grave to tell us. And then Bernie is basically, you know, okay, you know, I think we should. And yeah, you can't split hairs like that. Oh, so yeah, so to get, to take the long way around to my initial point, (laughs) is this. I, the problem is, is most Americans believe a, a certain story because that is the only side of the story they're ever presented yeah, with by our media. And this is sure. a problem not just with Venezuela, but with many places in the world. And if if an American is only exposed to what MSNBC, CNBC, like these major, yeah. if that is all you see, then what are you going to believe? So I can't necessarily get angry with most Americans for, no. for believing the retort that they're being told. But he, Max also had this video of these guys from Colombia creating Molotov cocktails. They weren't Venezuelans. Mm-hmm. And they were starting the fire. So there's, there's something to do with Colombia. So look, none of this makes, it's not adding up is my point. Not surprising, but I really wish, um, I don't know how we fight the narrative when the media that controls the narrative has a vested interest in only showing yeah. a certain level of propaganda, what I call manufactured consent. They're ma- they're trying to currently manufacture consent. Is that a Noam Chomsky term? It yeah. is, and right. he's right on this. So they're yeah. manufacturing consent to the American people yeah. to participate in a regime change. And I think really um, the other side of that is whenever we've done this in the past, in Central America or wherever else, we always overturn the left-leaning government and install a right-wing dictator. And the reason is, and I don't think this is strange, crazy conspiracy theory, um, theorizing, I couldn't get that out. The reason is, is because our corporations, our multinational corporations, etc., are very threatened by leftist governments Mm -hmm. because leftist governments are always about worker rights. Mm -hmm. And they know that they cannot go into these countries and rape them blind for resources and anything else they want. That is what this is about. It's it's motivation for... um, and nobody cares what but happens yeah, to the it people is in abs- these countries. It is like, absolutely history. And I'm like a dum-dum about foreign history for the most part. Even I know, like, there is no question yeah. of the trail behind us in South America. It's and oh, Yeah, I've, I've been driving around more than usual because I've been going places in L.A. Right, this right. Week, and I, I put on NPR today and they had, like, the latest news from Venezuela. And I had to turn it off because it's like, you're just bull- buying it hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, that's all they're and saying. And it's such yeah. an objective, flat, yeah. you know, effect to it, the way they deliver. It's propaganda. It's like, and Americans need to wake up to the reality that they are sh- they are being fed, spoon-fed propaganda mm-hmm. all the goddamn time about a great many things. Yeah. And they need to start questioning this stuff on a larger scale. And I'm hoping that... I think the I think social media and the internet is going to be very helpful in this regards because they can't stop people from going down to Caracas and with using their mm. phones. They can't stop people to going into Hebron with their phones and, and video. So the more people actually see the reality of what's going on in these other countries, mm-hmm. the more that they're going to be open to the idea that holy shit, I believed this thing for so long. And I think the other part of it, too, is uh, Freedom of Information Act releases documents from the CIA. Some of the stuff that went down during Iran-Contra, I mean, you see the CIA admitting to this stuff. Mm -hmm. It's not... Luckily, now they're doing cute tweets about, like, what... Like what Wakandan technology could be actually real? This was a real thing from the actual CIA CIA on Twitter the other day. Holy shit. 
Thanks, buddy. Thanks, buddy, oh, wow. CIA. They've crossed the Rubicon with that The other shit. thing about Dennis Wheel that I know, and mostly thanks to Boots Riley... Love Boots Riley. Is, wait, is wait, that, let's Boots Riley. He's been very vocal on this. Yeah, is God that Venezuela... It's really racial, too. Yes. That Maduro... And he... I, I don't know enough. Maduro doesn't seem like a great guy. What do I know? But um, his support base is largely darker-skinned people. Oh. And whatever the the stooges is, is like whitey whites. This is yes, this is true. So not only that, there's a financial divide too. So whenever you see, um, I always just call them contras, even though <laughs> because they're all contras in my opinion, no matter what central yeah. or something. Because the the, the wealthy right wing elites in these countries also have a vested interest in regime change backed by the United States because they benefit financially from yeah. this. So there was it's been a partnership for many, you know, long-standing right. century or more. That's right. So there was that video that was being circulated by I can't remember her name. I think even Boots had tweeted something contradicting her. But what you have to keep was in mind, the daughter of a contra. Yeah, she's the daughter of a contra. Yeah. So when she's saying I need to correct, oh Anna Navarro. No, Anna right. Navarro is also the daughter of a yeah. contra, though. So she was tweeting some bullshit propaganda. The daughter of I'm talking contra. about. I know we can make a whole song about this daughter. Of Contra, Contra, Contra. Okay. Um, was she? Was this an elected official? Uh, yeah, J, her name's not with a J. No, 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 no. But okay. she's in America. She lives in America now. She's Venezuela. But again, wealthy elite. Like, so you can see where this is coming from. And when they start saying, "I just want to correct the propaganda," I'm like, "No, you're spreading more propaganda. Yeah. You're not helping the situation at all." I mean, ah, uh, I'm, and I can say this without fail. I'm. Even if Maduro was the worst guy in the world, uh, regime change from the United States never ends well. Look it's at not, Libya. Yeah. Look, like go down the list of oh, countries we've fucked with. By the way, I'm sure you saw this. Um, our boy Marco Rubio's Twitter thing oh, the other day. Yeah, I reported him actually. Yeah, I think that you and thousands of others. So like, disgusting. Dude. For those of you who didn't didn't see it, I'm sure you did. If you're listening to this, but I know, right? it was a picture of. Muammar Gaddafi in his full uh, military regalia yeah. on one, and then and the next picture, Death. yeah, basically right Bloody. before he was get like raped by a sword and killed yeah, all bloody. Totally. And he sent it to um, he sent it to Maduro, yeah. Marco yeah. Rubio, yeah. follower of Christ in his biography oh, title. God. First three words. Seriously. Yeah. Oh, what a piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> piece of shit is really how it should be. Can we just change that to piece yeah. of shit? I, honestly, I just can't with you guys. So I don't know what's going to happen in Venezuela. I do not support regime change um, at all. I don't think not it's going to end well for anybody. I don't either. And I think that's people, where we're headed. Yeah. That's where we're headed. I mean, that's what they're oh, trying clearly. to do. Yeah, it's bad. It's bad. Um, so what else is going on out there? We've got <laughs> the... So we're in the primary season now. We started talking about that a little bit. So what is your take on the current state of the candidates? Um I'm assuming you're not a fan of Kamala Harris, am I right? No, not so much. The more I learn about her, I mean, she's very, um, she's really avoiding a lot of issue talk by doing the same, you know, I'm a goofy, fun person shit. And yeah, her prosecutor record is not encouraging. Um, Basically, her record is not good. No, it's a bad record. And you're right. And she has no platform page on her website. What the hell is that? And in fact, one of her defenders said to me, I got in kind of a tiffle with uh, her press secretary on Twitter. 
Because he, had, like you said, he had he's running the same game plan he ran with, with Hillary. Hillary. It's just stupid just, as fuck. Oh, right? she's got a cup of coffee and it's cute. Right. I don't know what the fuck. He, it was a photo of her with a wait for it, a bottle of hot sauce. Oh. Oh yes. Oh yes. Wait, wait. It gets better. Wait, Billy gets better. And he tagged the hot sauce company in the tweet. Like that's all he said. Nothing else. So it was like total product placement. So I was. So I come in there and I'm like, dude, are you kidding me with this? You can't even get. You're the. You're her press secretary. You can't even get a platform page on her website. But you're going to worry about hot sauce product placement. How about discussing or trying to correct some of the dismal things that she did as attorney yeah. general in our state? And like, anyway. So he he tweets back like, well, I'm sorry you don't like. She's a human and she eats. I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care that she yeah I'm like no I, I it's got nothing to do with her being human and eating it has to do with you yeah. dismally failing so putting that forward as a thing that exactly. we should like like as this it's matters neutral. This it's neutral who cares yeah so she had a burger with some hot sauce on it can what what does she think she's about she's got my vote girl? she eats she, I kid you not but then some chick comes out of left field like, I know like just going off about well Trump doesn't didn't have a uh, platform page blah blah and I'm like what? so our our, yeah. our bar is now as low as Trump are you kidding me that's not nice. a defense yeah good job everyone <laughs> really <laughs> cannot uh. swear to god so then we have um, Andrew Yang have you followed his campaign at all not a lot I heard him um, he was on like a local Minneapolis station oh, okay. not Interesting. I yeah. don't know what to think. Uh, um, I like that he's talking about universal basic income. Yeah. I think this is a good thing. I don't know that he has a chance of winning. He does, the, has no prayer of no winning prayer, anything. But, but at least he's pushing this conversation yeah. forward and getting it out there so people know about what this. What is his background? I couldn't quite believe so, He's like a non-profit guy? No, Silicon Valley. Oh, yeah, so he's been getting a lot of that reaction from a lot of... <laughs> Uh, one but of those, yeah, well, one of those guys. But he's reformed. one of those soylent eaters. But hang on, <laughs> yes, but he is a guy that's been in there, seen it, done it, and knows how bad it is. Yeah. So that gives okay. him a certain perspective. So we can go, Ugh. Yeah. but we could also say, like, wait a second, here's a guy that's saying, yeah, that yeah. was some I mean, shit. I would accept that. Capitalism is failing. Like he'll say this: yeah. capitalism is failing. It's only for the what, like, so. Sometimes, um, there's also that venture capitalist guy, and I can't think of his name, who's been talking about how bad the income inequality is. Yeah, and, I know. I, yeah. I so, at least, I, I think in order for us to really create change in the country, it's necessary for these folks to get yeah, on Yeah, it board. can't all be old commies like Bernie. Right. You know, like... Exactly. <laughs> can't be only Pico they're, commies. <laughs> I mean, they're... Most of them are dead anyway, so good luck. Right, right. So, um, so then there was the whole... I'm going to say her name right. Is it Klobuchar? Klobuchar. Oh, Klobuchar. Klobuchar. Thank you. I can never say her name right. What does the salad with eating with a comb get my staff person to clean the comb after I eat my salad? What the All right, I, she's from Minnesota, that? so I do have a little bit of insight Go. on her. Go. Which is that the stories are pretty much true. She like is known for being uh, a biatch to pretty much anybody who works for her. Which, you know, that's a gossipy, shitty little thing to say and possibly seems, sexist. But no, she's an no, abusive she's an abusive boss. Um, also, she's the most her platform is the most milk toast bullshit. Yeah. Like she makes Kamala Harris look good. At least Kamala Harris is reading <laughs> the room and looking at like, right, all right, right, I gotta say Medicare for all, I gotta get yeah. at least a little closer. Yeah. But Amy Klobuchar is like, no tax advantage savings accounts, and it's like 
Yeah, she's speaking the language of the 1990. Yeah, like, she's stuck in 1995 called, and the DLC wanted you back. Yeah, right? she's um, she's extremely popular in our state because she's got a very good, disciplined public face of like smiley mm-hmm. suburban mom. Um, she also happens to be the daughter of a prominent um, columnist for the Star Tribune oh, named okay. Jim Klobuchar, who. Uh, he, like he was an alcoholic, which okay. she, she brought up in the Kavanaugh hearings. Yeah. But he was one of those guys who was sort of a beloved local character, and he, it yeah, helped. It actually right. helped her name He's a recognition. Um, but stories came out about him being an abusive dick too. So I have a. Few, I think she's like an adult child of alcoholics who is going through that journey. But who cares? Like yeah. work that out in your twelve step yeah. program yeah, not and your- fuck <laughs> off. Exactly. Because really, I mean, the most, just the most ridiculous. Did she seriously eat a salad with a comb? I'm not. That is the rumor that she is like, she is like Julia uh, Louis-Dreyfus from Veep, only like even more horrible. Like she's. It's so weird. The whole story is so bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's disgusting. So she's, yeah, she's very milquetoast. I don't think she has a chance. She has no chance. Yeah. Although some people would say that maybe that's why she has a chance because she is so milquetoast that there's a lot of. Well, she might have. She might have sold that shit before all the stories started coming out. But I think it's like. I think that ship's sailed. That's kind of. That's kind of that ship's towing sailed. along after it now. So who else do we have? Other than. Okay, we'll talk about Bernie in a second. Mm-hmm. Um, so who are we missing? We have. Oh, well, we have uh, Elizabeth Warren. Oh, duh. Hello. Yeah. I forget Elizabeth. So Elizabeth. Oh, and also Tulsi Gabbard. Let's talk about both of them. Mm-hmm. Um, I have them. They're they're both a mixed bag for me. They've both done things that I completely love and applaud, and I don't hate either of them. Mm-hmm. But they've both also done things that I'm not happy with. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how trustworthy Elizabeth Warren is at this point because. I feel like she's uh, come back on a lot of the things that she used to fight for before she entered politics. I think once she became a politician, some of that fire and fervor and mm-hmm. I'm fighting the good fight for the people against the banks is gone. And I didn't particularly like the fact that she stayed out of the primary last time for so long when she should have endorsed Bernie yeah. as somebody who uh, shares similar viewpoints. And she had even uh, criticized Hillary Clinton much earlier in her career. Oh, yeah, there's that right? clip. Yeah, there's that clip that was floating about about you know the stance that she took against the bank. So I was really disappointed in that, and it's I've sort of not gotten past that. Mm-hmm. And then she finally did endorse Hillary later on at the very end of the primary season. Like, what are your thoughts on Elizabeth? I don't know. I think she's the second best choice. Um, right. Policy-wise. Fair enough. I would take her. Let me clarify. I would yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, um, I don't know. I can't dislike her. I think she's a pretty shitty politician, which does yeah. not... I mean, there's two sides to that. One is right. like she knuckles in ways that she shouldn't. Right. You know, like she's right. become the worst part of a politician in some ways, mm-hmm. making some really dumb moves, like the whole Native American thing. Oh, Christ God, yeah. in heaven. That and then so totally somebody was showing like her her webpage had the weirdest shit on it. It's like rumor. Amy does not you know, make out with aliens or something. I, I forget what? what it was. But it was also, it was really weird. It was like, she, there's a rumor that she has this really? debt. Or, check it out. I, she might have gotten rid of it out by now. But there, it was okay. like a couple of weeks ago. Okay. It was like, what the are you doing? You're bringing up app, 
You're bringing up tiny little rumors and putting them forward. And making them bigger you rumors. You dummy. Dummy, yeah. Um, I think, um, I was remembering the, the Chapo guys said something about uh, Elizabeth Warren is at heart a regulator. And I kind, okay. I fundamentally agree with that. Like, yeah. it's not a bad thing. That's not a bad it's thing. It's the second best thing probably there right. is. But she still believes in, you know, capitalism good. She's even said that. And I'm not, I, like, I don't know. But, you know, a lot of that's generational. Yeah, I no, think. no, I know. Um, I, because Americans, okay, so my master's degree is in philosophy. And so I read Karl Marx as a philosopher, not mm-hmm. as not as an economist or moral economy. Um, or political economy. But I think that was a good Freudian slip, actually. <laughs> Moral economy. <laughs> like, wait a minute, that was good. Uh, but I think when you when you grow up in the United States, you're told from the time you're like, you know, this high to an adult, you're told to believe that free markets are capitalist markets. And so mm-hmm. the, these things are conflated together. And most Americans don't even realize that there are other forms of... Yeah. And actually, I would say capitalist markets aren't even free. They're rigged. They're rigged towards the capitalists. Mm-hmm. And we're seeing the worst part of that now in the United States, right? It's not really a free market, is it? It's, you know... Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not that steeped in theory, I have to admit. That's right. But, but, uh, but I do think that Elizabeth Warren... Like, she... I think her heart is in the right place. Yeah, yeah. I think... Like, when we're talking about candidates, there's almost like two tracks that we're right. always talking about. One is like, do you think that what they believe in is good for the country? Right. And the second part of it is like, do you think they could have the political political skills to do it and the political skills to appeal to a whole yeah. bunch of people. I don't think Elizabeth Warren does, unfortunately. But I may be underestimating her. All right, so we're ranking them now. So number oh. one, Bernie Sanders. I'd still say Bernie, although I, yeah, me too. I feel like nobody's going to be on board with him, so it's going to be a disaster. He's still my, my guy. Yeah. Bernie's my guy. Full disclosure, Bernie's my guy. You're <laughs> all going to be hearing me, Bernie, 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 in the next two years. You know it. Just get over it now. <laughs> Um, so then, number two, Elizabeth Warren. Clearly to me. Yeah. Okay. Three, Tulsi Gabbard. I don't, I know almost nothing about her. Okay. Honestly, I hear people saying that she's, I mean, she has a fucked up past. She has a very fucked up past. Uh, but she was also raised, and this is, I'm not saying this as an excuse, as this is more of an explanation. She was raised in a very hard right family that was religious. Fundamentalist Hindus. I, yeah. Like, that doesn't even, that's, that's not even in my knowledge right. base. So this is the thing. So all of that, well, think of them, they're as, as bad as the super right-wing evangelicals yeah. in this country. Okay. So she she came from that environment. And I think kids early on often just adopt what their parents tell them. And mm. it's not really until they get out in the world and have, like, things hit them that they're like, holy shit, and they mm. question stuff. So she went through that period. She's definitely not that person now. Um, things that I respect her for, uh, her current foreign policy, I think, is is one of the best. Here's somebody that is, truly is not interventionist, although it's not always been that way. Um, Should be criticized for being like um, too cozy with Syria, the Syrian. Uh, no, because I agree with what she's saying in Syria. I don't think so. I'm pretty okay. So I must admit. Syria. Here's the problem in Syria. Well, because the, the manufactured consent. Nobody really mm. wants to talk about Syria. Syria the, the rhetoric from Syria is Assad's the bad guy, and that's the end of the conversation. But this really isn't the end of the conversation. 
Assad can be a, ba- a bad guy, mm-hmm. but you know what else could be bad at the same time? All of the Al-Qaeda operatives yeah, that we are giving weapons to to fight Assad. How does this fucking make sense? What is, what is the, like, the end game to all this? I'm just, I, like, the I've end never game for the United States is always keep corporate your goddamn nose out profits. Of it. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. They will put their nose on either side and bet either horse as long as it benefits yeah, their yeah, yeah. corporate profiteering. Catch-22. It's a catch. Right. <laughs> right, and if it comes back and bite them in the ass 20 years later, oh, well, we'll deal with it 20 well, years later. Well, I mean, later. all you have to do is look at the I the fact that know? Saddam Hussein was our best bud for decades, <laughs> and suddenly he was so were the Taliban. Satan's balls. When, yeah. when the Taliban were fighting against the Russians, yeah. whose side were we on? Yeah. So again, the United States is the, the very irrational foreign policy because it's based on corporate profiteering or res- empire yeah. resources for empire. So it's not moral. It's not cohesive and consistent. Yeah. Uh, so currently, though, I, I like that Tulsi is actually willing to say some of this mm-hmm. stuff. And um, so, and I also like that I respect her for leaving the DNC when she endorsed Bernie the last time. Mm-hmm. She didn't have to do that. So that was, she kind of, you know, went out on a limb to do that. So I respect her for that. So I would take her over Kamala Harris. I would take her over, I'm, I cannot say Amy's name. Say Klobuchar. It. Klobuchar. Why yeah. It's, it's kind of, a, I mean... <laughs> It's sort of a fun name to say once you get it. Once you get it, right? I Klobuchar. Just, Klobuchar. So, um... Just so, call her Cloby. Cloby. There you go. Cloby. So, <laughs> oh, and we did forget somebody. We forget, uh... Gillibrand. Kristen Gillibrand. Oh, yeah. I... Hold on. I completely forgot. Also it. appearing in this picture. I know, right? <laughs> Kristen Gillibrand. She's, she's the extra... She kind of is. Yeah, yeah, she's got no chance. I don't she know. has no chance. She's even more milk toast than Amy, don't you think? No, I think no, Amy's worse. Well, oh, all right. I'll put Tell it this me way. I think that Kristen Gillibrand is, again, reading the room a little better. Okay, And it fair may enough. be phony as hell, but she is at least okay. fainting in the right direction. She is, <laughs> She is. I mean, like, she's, fainting like a boxer, not fainting. That was really good. Um, but she's, but... She, uh, Actually, there's a lot of reason it, to... It works either way. It does. <laughs> there's a lot of reason to be suspicious of her because she's yeah. still, like, powwowing with donors and all that. Right, right, right. And it's even worse for her is that liberals are very mad at her for... Yes. What they think of as sandbagging Al Franken, which is not fair. Which is totally bullshit. I don't have any use no, for her, but no. God damn it, that is not fair. I don't have any use for the hypocrisy of the Democratic Absolutely. Party. I'm so sick. And we're back on the phony feminism thing. These are all the Hillary Clinton Pumas. Yeah. They're fine excusing sexual harassment if it's somebody that agrees with them politically. And yeah. this is a bullshit position. Yeah, I mean, Gillibrand is at least she giving right lip service to yeah, that in, a, was, in the best way. I agree. So, I agree. I, so she gets she gets points for that. Right. So okay. So where does Andrew oh. Yang go? And we're missing oh, another know. one. There's so many. Well, we're not we're not taking into account like their chances at all. No, we're we're ranking them based on policy. Yeah. Like I don't really know Andrew, Andrew Yang well enough. But what I heard of him in one and only one interview, I was like, he's thinking kind of in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. So I would put him over any one of the like DNC. Oh yeah. Hacks. So yeah. So okay, I'm going with this. Um. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Andrew Andrew Yang, mm-hmm. Tulsi Gabbard, Amy huh. Amy or Kristen? Which Kristen Gillibrand for me, but it's Kristen like, Amy. It's okay. a horrible choice. No, I'm going to go with I'm you on that because Amy Amy is your girl. She's from your state. I would so. even put Kamala Harris over Amy Klobuchar. Oh, really? Well, I mean, I like think, a, she's my girl in my state. I'm. I know, I know. <laughs> the, the, the chance of her having to be. 
forced into like some kind of Medicare for all is greater than with Gillibrand, who's not even promising it. She's not even like... You think it's... Okay. I just think Kamala Harris is so full of shit. Yeah, well, I, I... I can't argue with that. I don't know her that well. Okay. I know she presents Look, well. I did not vote for her for senator, just yeah. to give you an idea. I voted her for attorney general when she first ran. Because, again, I was so pissed off because I voted for her because I thought, here is somebody that's a civil rights person. I want a civil rights what person. What was her record in civil rights? This is me being stupid. There was none. <laughs> <laughs> there was none, but this is what the bill of goods that I was sold, yeah. right? Because I didn't really look into her uh, when she was a prosecutor in San Francisco. I didn't look okay. into her before I voted for for AG, but they were selling her this way, and so I didn't look deep. I was like, oh yeah, okay, mm-hmm. that would be great to finally get somebody in the attorney general's office that cares more about you know civil rights as opposed to like putting everybody in jail for smoking pot. Yeah, boy, was I fucking wrong. Yeah, the wor- the worst thing about her. For me, is the fact that all the wrong people in the Democratic Party right. well, are, that just, want right. her. Like, there's there's something about that that just makes you go, oh shit. She literally has hired the entire entire Clinton failure staff. Yeah. Like, why you would do that is beyond me. These folks ran the worst campaign ever. You have to be really terrible to lose to Donald Trump. That's all I'm saying. Like, this is like. Maybe you're forgetting a little something called Russia. <laughs> That's their excuse. No, know, you know, know what I mean? Not. Like, every time they... It's real, but it was not Right, fatal. so this is my thing about Venezuela. Okay, you guys are all pissed off about foreign oh, intervention. Yeah. So here's my suggestion. Why don't y'all buy 250K worth of Facebook ads, hire yeah. 12 trolls, set them up in Venezuela, and be done with your yeah. regime change. that works. How would that be? You're telling me that works. <laughs> hey, you know somebody else we're leaving out, although he hasn't officially declared yet? Joe Biden. No. Uh, you think he's going to declare I don't know. Shit. I think he's such he's a... He's run twice now already. He no, might. I'm not saying he's good, but he's got an ego. He's got an ego. He's an old man with an ego. And yeah, I would put him at the absolute bottom oh, of right. anybody. Below Kamala even. Much below. Yeah, you're right. He's, you're right. He yeah, is, he's the worst of the worst. He is. He has been terrible for yeah, a I long agree. time. I agree. He got a little reprieve as crazy Uncle Joe, Obama's, yeah. you know, white sidekick. Why on but, earth did Obama pick him as VP is so beyond me. I'm still not clear on that one. I didn't see the benefit. I, there was I really no benefit. Didn't. And he I didn't was either. even kind of... Biden was even was kind the of DNC like forcing that? I wonder. I mean, I've never thought of Biden as being a guy who was really at the center of DNC power, but I I could be wrong. I could be wrong too. Um, Corporate donors or something? Maybe. Well, he is awfully friendly to banks. I mean, he 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 could have been the bankster's choice. Could true. have been. Could have been. There were the, all those WikiLeaks about Obama communicating with the banks about cabinet positions and what have yeah. you. I didn't dig deep into that, but it wouldn't surprise me. Damn you, Biden! <laughs> Um, yeah, he, he made the, uh, he was, I don't know exactly the chain of power, but he was instrumental in getting George W. Bush's bankruptcy bill through the Senate, which is like, um, extremely punitive to the common people, student loan people. Like he is at the heart of some of the the greatest sucking out of wealth from the middle and lower middle class. No, you're right. You're right. He's he's awful. He's awful in ways that people think of him as like the gaff prone, you know, right. guy who gropes women. Like he's all that too. But he's also an evil prick. He's an evil prick. I forgot about that. You're right. So part of that bill that was so horrible was that now if you have student debt 
and you declare bankruptcy, doesn't that matter. doesn't get wiped clean. Nope. Everybody, all, That's everybody. fucking insane. Yeah, it's evil. It's evil. It's evil. We're, yeah. we're, we are, and then they wonder why there's such uproaring coming from this young generation. Right. I mean, when I attended UC Irvine, it was still funded by the state. My tuition was like 400 bucks a quarter. Yeah. Now, and now you have to be like a, a vassal of yeah, the banks for the rest of your it's life. It's insane. Yeah. It's insane. So I support, um, I, I really support refinancing our public education system mm-hmm. from the top to the bottom because this to me should be a priority. It's um, not only is it the right thing to do, but it's a good investment in our economy and our society. Yeah. Want, I want my kids to be out there getting an education if yeah. they want it. And, one, and the good thing about Bernie is that he, he has these very simple ideas. And yeah. this is why... All these other, like Klobuchar is like the joke version of it. It's like, right. I'm going to have seven levels of tax, what do you call them? Tax advantage savings accounts. <laughs> First of all, completely, completely ineffectual in terms of actual numbers for them. I mean, those things usually are. Yeah, totally. But on top of that, it makes you work, look through, t- like it gives you homework that only like the fucking people like Ezra Klein, like, <laughs> you know, as opposed to, hey, here's free college. Right. You know, because it's in the interest of you and your, in our country's future. So I have a suggestion. I think you should start a political riff. Oh, no. No, Don't wish this on me. Go ahead. It'd be hilarious. (laughs) So I think we go through and we pull out all of these speeches of them talking and we redo the speeches to say what they're actually saying. (laughs) Not the political political double sync thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But instead of being like, you know, Medicare access for all, it's like, I took money from my corporate donors and they really want to yeah. push more profiteering in healthcare. Uh, <laughs> ew. I'm just saying it has legs. <laughs> just saying, I'm, I'm putting it out there. Uh, let's, yeah, let's get that capitalized. <laughs> right? Let's so, go to Wells Fargo, get a loan. What, what are, so, what are your next things that you're working on that you want to share with the audience? You know, we're doing a bunch of Riff Tracks live shows this year. Um, just keep a lookout for them on the RiffTracks.com site. Please check out my podcast. Yes, Says yes. every comedian ever. Um, it's just called Bill Corbett's Funhouse. And really, I, it has such a bland title because I like wasn't sure what I was going to do. And I'm just like, it sounds like fun. It sounds like a little bit like maybe an insane asylum. So that'll do. I like Funhouse, um, but it's it's a nice open structure. No, it's a good it's a good mix of of you know politics, pop culture. It's it's a fun little yeah, show. Yeah, it's just sort of where my head goes, and yeah. And then on that show, you have a bunch of regular co-hosts. You I know, do. Who are I, all these folks? I do. They're mostly uh, people, and because I was really determined to not have to make phone calls. No, I get, get it. I, and I apologize to my podcast listeners for all the phone calls you have to listen to. <laughs> yeah, and it's just like it's I was telling you before audio. we started it's because I've been on the audio. other end of yeah. those so often and it's like hard. half of them don't really work out well and the other ones I feel like on my end I have to basically download software right. and spend a whole day making Figure, it work. Yeah, yeah. So I just figured bring some people over to my house. Nice. Now I have an office. Um, they're local comedians and sketch comic people and Occasionally, like I have a uh, someone who's a science writer nice. who comes on every now and then, uh, Maggie Kurthbaker, um, and increasingly I'm doing like one-on-one interviews. I've done them with some of my old colleagues, like Trace Billu, right. Mary Jo yeah. Peel, 
Um, and I just did one with Andy Richter. What's I'm in Trace town. up to these days? Oh, he he and Frank Conniff are, are touring around just doing okay. shows. Yeah. Because I did notice on Netflix they do have a re, re a brand new MST3K thing. They do, yeah. Are they, These are new episodes? They are new episodes, new cast, new okay. everything. Oh, new cast? So yeah. it's not even... So who... What's the connection? Is it the same producer? There's not even the same it's producer? It's Joel Hodson. Oh, it's Joel. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They did a big Kickstarter and rebooted it. Oh, okay. And kept the, I kept the oldsters out except him. Well, that's Well, sucky. yeah. That's another discussion. That's... Yeah. Well, no, there's some <laughs> gossip there. <laughs> That'll be for later over drinks. <laughs> All right, so, and then if people want to follow you on Twitter, what is your Twitter Just handle? Just at Bill Corbett. Yeah. That's C-O-R-B-E-T-T. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm thanks. a simple man with a simple, simple name. Man.